You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Definitely. Um, we'll, we'll, I mean, there's a couple of things there that I think you mentioned earlier in regards to people taking like the smallest things from your book. And I actually finished reading it yesterday. And the first thing I'd done... Was, very good. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the first thing I'd done last night was, after reading your book, was to take out one of the pillows from my pillowcase. I had them doubled up. So that's the first thing I've done. It's so funny, isn't it, man? Yeah. Then I slept in um, the fetal position mm. and I normally sleep on my back. So I'll be honest, I didn't sleep well last night because I was trying to sleep in a neutral position. But I, as I said, I naturally sleep on my back. So I found myself going back to my natural position, which is on my back. But it is those little things that you can take from your book that I guess will improve in the long run. You'll sleep. you know, under nines, under twelves, under fifteens, under sixteens. 
They don't want to hear some old guy talking about how important sleep is. They just want to know how they can smash it, right, and do it quicker, do it faster. Stop listening to their parents, giving them crap information about shut this down, shut that down, because their only interest as parents is to get the kids to go to bed early enough and sleep for long enough so they have a social life. <laughs> yeah. They're not actually interested in the kids' health, if we'll be honest. You know, they just want to create some space. So when I'm talking to the kids, it's a bit like, you know, you've got a pair of trainers on your feet. Yeah, you've got some nice shoes on your feet, which are really comfortable. Wear them 24-7. Go to the cinema. Walk around town. Look cool. Run 10K. Play football. Do sports. They are great products. Well, what you're sleeping on should actually be like that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't feel it. You shouldn't. It should just be so comfortable. You know, I won't use the word soft. We don't use the word soft when we talk about trainers, but we talk about them as being an amazing product on our feet that mm-hmm. takes all our standing weight. We can do 10K in them. We can just wander around and we can just wear them all day long. Whereas other types of footwear are not the same. And I think all you're about to experience from reading the book and your little takeaway there is is you understand the principles. Mm-hmm. You're not arguing with me. Mm-hmm. And what you'll do is just make some subtle adjustments to what you're sleeping on. Because when you get to that particular point with layers, just layer it up with them. You can find in your house just to make it so comfortable as possible. And as soon as you start sleeping without pillows, you're going to, A, not go out and buy expensive pillows to stop you snoring, to be physio this and 80 quid that. You're never going to buy pillows again unless you just want them for a display on your bed. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you're about to go into a particular one of those KSRIs that we talk about in the book is it's all the marketing, and I will now use a, a phrase that everybody knows: the marketing bullshit about sleeping products mm. is unbelievable. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what presented to us is crazy and I can talk to you about that because I used to create that bullshit (laughs) (laughs) so I think you're in a great place and it won't be too long before you stop sleeping with pillows and uh, it could actually change your life in one area yeah um I guess the first, one of the first questions I did that cropped up when I was reading the book was do you think that technology is to blame for less sleep yeah I, I, I want to put this in concept, you know. Yeah. Um, when I was wandering around as a, an international sales and marketing director with, without what we've got today, two decades ago, right? Mm-hmm. There were loads of recovery breaks. They weren't planned. I was very much in the eight hours a night generation. Mm-hmm. They weren't planned. They were just there because I couldn't do anything, right? I couldn't. You know, I won't go into all the obvious things. I just couldn't do stuff yeah. while I was on a plane, while I was on a train, while I was waiting for a cab, while I was driving to work. You know, there were so many things that were all about recovery, but they weren't planned. All we've done is we've created some fascinating and amazing technology. But because of the lack of education around sleep in schooling, and parents on to kids generation after generation, it means that the impact of technology has not been managed. Mm -hmm. 
So we just roll into it and try and make it up. And so, yes, it is to blame for the reason why there are podcasts endlessly about sleep. There are schools and universities and pilots and surgeons and nurses all getting in touch, trying to examine this area. It's because it is to blame, but it's not its fault. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's brilliant. It's amazing. It should make us smarter. It should make us all sorts of stuff. But if you've never been educated in some of the basic principles about human recovery, then of course it's going to have more of an impact than it should. And particularly when you see people trying to catch up and just going, hey, kids, if you're looking at your devices late into the night, you're exposing yourself to blue light, so shut your tech down because blue light is really bad and stops you sleeping. Absolute rubbish. Okay. In the sense of, in isolation, that is correct. But you need to educate the kids about blue light. It's the most amazing thing. It, it makes you function. It makes everything work really, really well. Right? It's about the focus of, you know, information overload, being engaged with things. And I think we just very, sometimes it just takes, we go to the edge of the cliff and then suddenly we realize, bang, we need to turn around and come back and just do something about it. And we've got little mix on there today. We've got people just doing all sorts of stuff going, hang on a minute. This is impacting on us in whatever way you want to see it too much. We need to try and find a balance, not to get rid of it, but just be very conscious of this social experiment we're in. And that's what I do. And that's what everybody can do is just keep redefining, you know, this natural recovery process inside a world that's almost changing every minute of the day. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, well, so wow, yeah, that was a big answer, guys. <laughs> yeah um sorry as you were speaking it just kind of like occurred to me because i was listening to i think it was talk sport maybe about two weeks ago and mario melchior was talking about how marcel desai introduced him into taking small naps um to increase his his recovery but at the same time so he can be a bit more energetic so he went into a little story but didn't necessarily want to go into that but i was thinking about um what you were saying in the 90s as to it being frowned upon at the time as to sleeping and stuff like that and that demand obviously has been met in regards to other sports whether it's um, running um, or athletics which is the same thing uh, rugby etc etc but do you think that demand is now not being met but there is now demand for the everyday person myself mason french as to really engaging in and taking in information in regards to sleep because every day obviously we're talking about how we're tired xyz mm. so on and so forth because life has sped up obviously exponentially yeah. mm. well you know I, i've you know i've got a website like most people do it's a 24 7 trading website but that means I have to be available 24-7. I can imagine. I, we all see people ordering things on Amazon at 11.30 at night and they arrive in the morning at our, you know, mm. at our home address, wherever we are in the world. And he's like, well, who's making all that happen? So I think it's, it's not so much the subject of sleep. It's more to do with we all have to accept that this is the world we're in 
Uh, we're going 5G tomorrow. Whatever 6G, 7G, I don't know. We have no idea <laughs> what's going to be made available to us. But what we do know as human beings is you cannot ignore that you need to recover mentally and physically. And, and if you can put that in context and make it part of, you know, activity is important, food, fluids, all of those things are important, but so is your recovery. So rather than focusing on, I need to waste, you know, hours and hours and hours every day, because a lot of my clients, athletes, whatever age they are, they don't want to spend eight, nine, ten hours a day sleeping when they're not going to get the full benefits of it. You don't apply that to anything you do in life. Mm-hmm. So they want to really make sure that they're maximizing the, the time they spend to recovery, that they're getting the full benefits from it, and they're able to adapt uh, and reveal themselves more often to protect themselves from the demands of the modern world which is really important for lots of generations, for lots of parts of our generation. So I think it's just, you know, when you, when you boil it down, you can increase your performance. You can protect yourself better by actually being a lot smarter about just, you know, relaxing back on your zebra sofa there. With your orange with your oh, you can see it. <laughs> I'm taking a 20-minute recovery cycle because this is how I recover every 24 hours. I do it in shorter periods more often. I don't think like that. But it also means that, uh, you know, I could start work at 2 a.m. this morning, in the morning. I can do this. I can change my patterns. I can deal with all these multi-schedules rather than it really impacting. And even today, and I'm not making this up, I have been in dialogue with a lead singer of a major band, a major band, right? an indie band. Mm-hmm. And they're healthy. You know, they eat healthy. They exercise. They look after themselves, you know, because they're in the modern world. They can't just run around like they used to do in George Bestland and <laughs> previous band life. You know, they are really looking after themselves because it's, a, it's an occupation. Uh, and and all this stuff. So I think the answer to your question is, yeah, when you get people who are influencers, you know, and they are taking these things, not seriously, but they're just going, hey, Mm. you're in a past environment just trying to sleep hotels at night, guys, you know, because I want to really maximize my whole life, and I do this shorter periods more often. I do it like this, I do it like that. I can do it there, I can do it like that, I can do it like that. I can do it all sorts of ways, so I'm absolutely smashing it. And so I think there's just a new generation coming along that is, they've got lots of challenges in front of them, but one of the most important challenges for them is to not take recovery lightly, because that will be their key to every decision they make, how they approach life, how they deal with the challenges of change, uh, and not look back and look to the future. Um, so if I could, you know, we've very much over the two decades and, and since the book was written, we've 
we've sort of morphed into human recovery performance. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you need a, a practical and achievable approach every day that enables you to do what you're doing to protect yourself from the outcomes. And uh, I, you know, I was talking to Ryan Giggs, a Manchester United player, now the Wales Match. manager, back in 96, 97, and he was very much into these kind of things. We didn't know what we were talking about, guys. We didn't know what we were doing, but he was very interested in that kind of stuff. And um, I think it all walks alive. There are people who can influence the next generation um, because because it's really important not to sort of get a good night's sleep. Nobody wants to hear that because it doesn't doesn't have any effect. Get to bed early. Go and get your good night's sleep. Get your perfect night's sleep. All of this sort of stuff. It actually is about this is what you're trying to do. This is your chosen occupation. These are your lifestyle choices. So how do we create a recovery program for you so it doesn't impact on your ability to do those things? So Nick... With all that being said, what's your thoughts on, I mean, the Spanish, for instance, they have the siesta during the day. What's, what's your thoughts on things like that in the kind of everyday nine to five working world here in the UK? About 18 months ago, I got contacted because the Spanish government were considering to remove I've heard that. the siesta period. Sounds uh, Because obviously um, economically, mm-hmm. uh, business is shutting down between one and three every day. Is not really conducive to keeping in in complete contact with the twenty four seven global world. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, there's very few Spanish people who actually sleep between one and three. Yeah. Uh, in certain parts of the traditional parts of Spain, they may do that. But all they're doing is taking time out. They're mm-hmm. still active. They still do other things. But you know, it is sort of it's a midday period that's perfectly natural for a human being to take some time out. Now, maybe one till three is a bit excessive, but it is something I came across in sport a long time ago and still relevant today. Um, you know, the Spanish families and their kids, they're all still in the restaurants at 12 o'clock, one o'clock at night. Um, I recently went out to do a conference in Egypt and all the kids and their families are still up mm-hmm. in the hotel foyer drinking and listening to music and whatever at two o'clock in the morning. So it's kind of, it's trying to put into context that, um, you know, as human beings all over the planet, we have not different approaches to this, but we also, some explore these areas more than others. And if you get a nice grasp on what can be achieved, um, certainly you start to see how you can manage your 24 hours and your seven days and your next three months, four months or the whole year. You can try and manage those things in a a slightly different way than you certainly perceive it right now. And that bit, it's called the graveyard slot in business. What it should be called is the second most natural human recovery performance period, which is called midday. Mm-hmm. And that's where you fuel up and you hydrate and you take some time out 
mindfulness, mind space, vacant mind space. You just do all the things and then you come back and go again. Mm -hmm. And the pressures on us all to all be morning types and ignore the PMers. Where there's more PMers on this planet than there are morning types, but we live in a morning type world. Just, just disregarding that is ridiculous. So I think it's, um, you know, it's not about taking two hours out of your day between one and three. It, it's more to do with having a nice balance about um, being able to be at your personal best, more consistent levels of recovery, hmm. more sustainable levels of recovery. The anxiety and worry that comes around it. It is just by having a more synchronized approach to something is so natural uh, that we should all be doing it. Um, and I think, you know, sport is making these changes. We're talking about it right now, and I'd hope that all your listeners would understand that um, they shouldn't worry about sleep. It's absolutely so easy to get it under control. It's unbelievable. And, and when you read my book or read something else, is uh, the importance of sleep is fine, but your ability to reveal it is another matter, and it's very easy to do it. I mean, my book is not scientific. Mm. I'm sure while you're reading it, you're not sort of referencing clinical trials and this and everything else. It's, it's just a journey through some of the things that should be really obvious to us. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that's why I think, um, for me personally, I definitely enjoyed the simplicity of it. And I, I guess I'll go more about it and how I feel in the book review. But I did feel there was a few times where I'd ask a question in my, like mentally, but keep on reading and you'd answer the question anyway, which I was really, really impressed about. So, um, well, yeah. it was written by me, guys. So, you know, you're not going to get Speak nothing less. I think a lot of, a lot of, um, readers have said over the years now uh, and we're into a, a you know a new set of books um coming in the future but i think what they always say is you know whilst i was reading it which i think is your point is it was sort of like i was reminded of things that i'm already doing i i was made aware that some of the things i was doing which i thought were wrong which actually is okay I kind of thought that in the first place. And it's almost like you read a book that you'd written yourself. Mm, yeah. But you'd never read before. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's what a lot of people do is they just read it and just go, yeah, I'm just going to stop doing this tomorrow and start doing that tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm happy about this. And yeah, literally. says napping's bad. No way. <laughs> do it even more. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.